This year in the gathering, we have been talking about who we are in light of who God is. The reason we're talking about this is because we want to be a place that empowers women and equips you for the calling that God has on your life. And so as we look at who Jesus is, it shines a light on who we are and how we have a place in this community, a place of belonging in the community. And so last month we started uh, with Jesus is the head and we are his body. And that picture is just the picture of there's only one head, there's only one brain, there's only one control center, that is Jesus. But when it comes to the body, there are hands and there are feet, there's a heart and there's lungs, there's kidney and knees and shoulders, and everything has a purpose. And the Bible talks about the body of Christ or the church as that place where there are many parts with lots of different roles. And that the feet can't say to the eye, I don't need you. And the hand can't say to the whatever it'll say it to, I don't need you. So last month, Barbara Fletcher taught us about spiritual gifts. And Laurel is going to tell us a little bit more and remind us what a spiritual gift is. But I just wanted to remind you that today we're kind of entering into part two on the teaching about Jesus is the head and we are the body. And so we hope that if you weren't here in January, you can catch up kind of quick and it doesn't feel like you're coming into a conversation that you weren't really a part of. So we're going to try to give you the background for that. But if you missed that teaching and the idea of spiritual gifts is relatively new to you, let me recommend our podcasts because we record everything we do here and then we put it online for people to listen to. So whether there was someone who didn't get to hear it and you're like, you want to hear this or if you want to go back and listen to it again. But the thing is at Salem Alliance, we podcast a lot of things and it's kind of hard to find the Women's Ministries podcast if you don't know what you're looking for. So I think Jared put together some slides for us. When you go to the website, up at the top, you will see... Jared, where's the one that says multimedia? Sermon Archive. There it is. It says Sermon Archive now. That is not going to get you the Women's Ministries podcast. That's only sermons. So you have to go to Connect Women Podcasts. And when you follow those links, you'll find the Women's Retreat, you'll find the Refresh Seminars, and you'll find the last two and a half years or so, maybe three years of the gathering. So if you didn't get last month's teaching on spiritual gifts from Barbara, go to that link, look for the January list, and you can hear what she taught about spiritual gifts. I want to make an introduction today. One of the things we value around here is giving opportunity for other voices to be heard and used. And so today our MC, giving us our announcements, kind of introducing herself to you for the first time, is Heidi Thurston. And Heidi, are you in Hearts at Home? So one of your very own Hearts at Home. Oh, Heidi, just hold still right there because I have one more announcement I have to tell them. Just, you can look at Heidi because she's beautiful. Um, parking. Across the street from here is the Broadway Commons parking lot. It's a smaller parking lot, and I know if there's a spot there, it is so tempting to slip right in and be close to the church. But at Broadway Commons are several businesses, including our free medical clinic, and they have clients coming and going throughout the morning. And sometimes their clients have to park as far away as six blocks because of how wonderful our weekly gathering is. So especially if you're in Hearts at Home and you're here every Thursday, can I please ask that you don't park in the Broadway Commons parking lot, but that you use some of the other large lots around the church so that people coming to the coffee shop or the businesses, the... the um, the counseling is upstairs, there's another office up there, and then there's the free medical clinic, and they need to be able to come and go within the two-hour block that we're here. So Heidi and her husband Caleb have been in Salem a couple years. They have a couple young kids. She has a theater background, and she's uh, going to emcee for us this morning. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. You made it. I could see a couple, like, sighs of relief when you walk through that door, like, oh, I made it. <laughs> um, I, this morning, I went to go make my cup of coffee, and I reached, I got my favorite mug, and I reached to make it, and there was no caffeine, no caffeinated coffee, <laughs> and I was like, no, and I even, out of the corner of my eye, saw an old cup of coffee, and I was like, oh, I can, I can make this work. There's no cream, there's no sugar in it, I'll just, I'll just put it in the microwave, and as I was going to do that, I, I remembered, oh, it's the gathering, <laughs> and I thought, yay! I get to come and drink coffee and eat good food and be with really good people and have good discussion. So it made my morning. <laughs> and I put that cup of coffee in the sink <laughs> and said, nope, no thank you. Um, 
So first things first, there are sign-in sheets at your table. If you would please pass that around and just sign your name and give us your email. We're not going to abuse that. It's just to um, use it later on to contact you. Um, and coming up on March 3rd and 4th is Refresh here at Salem Alliance. It's going to be a um, Friday evening and a Saturday morning. And it's just a series of um, multiple seminars on relationship, the mess, and the beauty. Um, and we're going to have speakers, uh, Jennifer Roth, Susan Geilinger, Lauren Enns, Kara Browns, just to name a few. There's going to be a lot of speakers. It's, it's going to be a great time to get together um, and just hear about relationships. And registration for that will open this weekend. So look at, for that on the Salem Alliance website. If you want to just get to know other women and connect and just hang out, there's an opportunity coming up on February 18th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at C. Como No Cafe. Um, we'll gather there and then go over to create a mem memory. After that, there's no registration required for that, so you can just show up if it's a good day for you and get together and just get to know one another. Um, you can contact Heidi um, Stoman if you have any questions on that. And the next gathering is March 1st and 2nd, and it is going to be on Jesus is Savior, and we are his missionaries. Bonnie Oberg is going to come speak to us. She's a missionary and has been a missionary, but she is on um, home assignment right now, so we get to hear from her, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that is next month. And I'm going to hand it back over to Jen, and she's going to introduce the speaker today. Thank you. Thanks, Heidi. Hey, a couple things. Uh, Bonnie Oberg, next month, has been a missionary for over 12 years in Burkina Faso, and she has amazing stories to tell. Um, so if you love hearing stories about what God is doing globally around the world, don't miss next month. Super excited to have her with us. Also, just a little bit more on refresh. This is just the second year we've done this, and it's our attempt, we were noticing that our women's retreat that we do every fall in Cannon Beach is not very accessible for those who have financial limitations or travel limitations, or maybe just the fourth week in October is always your daughter's birthday, and so you never get to go, because we always do it the fourth weekend in October. And so Refresh was our attempt at an in-town, low-expense, high-quality teaching event. And so if you have a friend you wanted to invite to that, it's open to women from Salem Alliance or outside of Salem Alliance. And like Heidi said, registration will start online this weekend, and we are really excited about what we're bringing. So a couple of the topics, uh, Jane Wolf, who led Support and Recovery Ministries here at Salem Alliance for over 20 years, will be talking about um, what she calls a, a double, oh shoot, her words, I read it this morning. What's that? Double knowledge, that being known by God and knowing God and how that impacts our knowing ourselves and knowing others. Um, Kara Brown is going to talk about how do we walk in difficult relationships. There are some relationships that we can choose and we can choose to walk away from. There are others that we don't get to choose to walk away from. They're in our life for a lifetime, whether we like it or not. And so what's our part in that and how do we walk that difficult relationship? Um, there's going to be a panel on friendship and how does friendship change through the seasons of life and how do we weather those changes? I'm going to talk about marriage and men's and women's roles. If you've been hanging out here for a while, it was the teaching I did in January two years ago when we were talking about does the Bible really say um, about, about men and women in marriage. So there's a lot of great stuff coming down the pike for that. So just wanted to put in an extra plug for refresh. So just to set the stage for the morning before I introduce our speaker, I want to tell you about the papers that are on your table. So the top one says serve opportunities, and Laurel is going to explain this at the end of her teaching. So you can just set that stack to the side, and we are going to get there, okay? The next one is yellow, and I want to explain this one a little bit. This was a sheet that Barbara gave us last month when she was talking through what the spiritual gifts are and how we discover how God has uniquely wired us. There are several ways that we can do that. One is an online assessment, a spiritual gifts test, and Laurel's going to talk more about that. But the other is this yellow sheet, which is an observation form. 
And it's something you would give to a friend or family member to ask them to think about you and give it back to you, reflecting on the gifts that they see in you. And this can be so helpful because sometimes we are the ones that are blind to our strengths. Let me explain. And I might have said this last month, but I had a meeting with Barbara when I was in my 20s. If you don't know Barbara, Barbara Fletcher just retired. She's been at Salem Alliance for 26 years, and she's been my mentor for my lifetime. I was meeting with her when I was in my 20s, and I sat down, and I was telling her about how this one time I was reading the Bible, and the verse just fell out to me in outline form. And she laughed, and she said, this is how I know you're a teacher. And I said, what? Doesn't everybody read the Bible that way? She's like, no, Jennifer. Everybody doesn't have the Bible verse fall out to them in outline form as if they were going to teach it to somebody else. But see, until that moment, I didn't know that you all didn't read the Bible that way. Because the only brain I know is my own. The only head I'm inside of is my own. And so there are things that I do, and I don't recognize that they're actually unique and special, something that God wired in me. And that's why this yellow sheet can be so helpful. Because somebody else might reflect something back to you that you're just like, that's not a gift. That's just life. I mean, doesn't everybody do that? No. Everybody doesn't notice their neighbor and take them a meal without being asked. Everybody doesn't notice a need and fall to their knees in prayer day after day after day. Everybody doesn't see somebody who's hurting and pick up a pen and write an encouragement note. See, there are things that you do just naturally because it comes out of who you are and you don't think a second thing of it and it is the gift that God has given you to bless the world. So use the yellow sheet. Okay. <laughs> Laurel is teaching today, not Jennifer. Let's get her up here. Okay. Spiritual gifts. If you were not here last month and you've never heard the term spiritual gift before, you could be a little bewildered by what we're talking about today. We are not going to go point by point through all the spiritual gifts again. So just let me say this. In God's word, he talks about the body having many parts and that he has given each person a supernatural ability to do something that impacts the kingdom that has eternal fruit. And so there's multiple lists through different scriptures, and this is a list that we're working from as far as what are some of the ways that people are wired that impact the, their own sphere of influence. So if you, this is new to you, just grab this white sheet, kind of look over it, and see if anything jumps out at you like, oh, that is something that I do pretty naturally. And this is kind of your first look at the spiritual gifts. Laurel is going to reference a test that's online Many of you took it uh, in January because you were preparing to come here. Many of you are here today and you didn't know that we were going to talk about this. It is fine if you haven't taken or looked at that test. It might be something you want to do later, but it is something that we're going to reference. So it's fine if you haven't taken the test. Use the yellow sheet. Keep the white sheet in front of you today. It'll help you with the conversation. And... It's my pleasure to introduce Laurel. Laurel Reitmer, I get the pleasure to work with her Salem Alliance here. She is the connecting, the connecting Ministries Coordinator, which means um, greeters, ushers, welcome center, volunteers, all the ways that people make initial connections around here. Laurel has her head wrapped around. And so this idea of spiritual gifts and helping people make that connection into a serve opportunity that fits them well is really her wheelhouse. So we're thrilled to have you. Thanks. I've got a mic. I'm good. Thanks. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you guys are here. You guys are a great crowd this morning. Um, thank you, Jennifer, for all that setup and foundation for what we're going to talk about today. Um, hopefully, most of you have taken that spiritual gifts test. If not, it's not too late. You can go onto the website and find it under resources. Um, so a lot of people have asked over the last month, what happens when you take that test? You know, what information do you get and what do you do with that information? So normally when people take that test, I respond to them right away with an email saying, thank you for taking that. If you have more questions or you want to sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and kind of dialogue about your gifts and what the options are in terms of serving with that gift, um, I'm more than happy to meet with people for coaching. You all didn't get that email because 200 women took the test all at the same time. So I did not respond to all of you individually, but I would love to meet with you if you still have questions or this is all very new to you, or you just wanna sit down and dialogue with someone about what are the options and where can I get involved in serving. 
So if that's something that you're interested in, there are some clipboards over here on the platform where you can sign up for a time that works for you and we can get together. If none of those times work for you, just put your name and email down and I'll get in contact with you. That'll save me from sending 200 individual emails. <laughs> so that'll be really helpful. Um, I want to go over a couple questions, other things that um, came up since Barb spoke last month, and just kind of do a little bit of foundation work this morning, and then we're going to do some table talk and talk with our friends about our gifts and encourage each other. Um, last month, M Barb did a great job of setting the stage, and this sheet is really helpful that gives all of those definitions. If you didn't take the test, just read through it real quick and maybe mark your top three that you think might be your top gifts. I love this definition that Barb gave us at the top of the sheet. And so I want to read that again and kind of go back to that. She says um, that spiritual gifts are a new ability or a divine empowerment of a natural ability, always given by the Holy Spirit as he determines to all believers to serve others. I think that's a really great way to sum up all of the passages in scriptures that reference spiritual gifts. Some of them have a long list of gifts. Some of them have a short list of gifts. When you put all of that together, this is a great definition that sums all of that up for us. One question that I get all the time as I meet with people about their spiritual gifts is, what is the difference between having a skill in one of these areas and the spiritual gift in one of these areas? So a great example is the gift of administration. A lot of people are organized and detail-oriented and might have skills in administration, but there is a difference in the people who have the spiritual gift of administration. And I think one of the main differences is um, that God may not have chosen to gift you in that way. That may not be the way in which he's going to use you. You may use administration every day in your normal job or career, but that may not be the way in which God has chosen to use you to reach the body of Christ and to grow his kingdom. A great example of this is last month, I was sitting at a table with a woman who's a teacher. She's been a teacher all of her life. It's her career. She's great at it. She's skilled at it. She's educated in teaching. But she said, teaching is not one of my spiritual gifts at all. And I think that can be the case. There are teachers who see their classroom as their mission field, who pray for those kids, who love those kids, who pour into those parents, and that is their area of ministry. That's what God has called them to do. And then there are teachers who are skilled in that, and they're educated in that, but their heart and their passion and their gifts are somewhere else. So I do think that you can have the skill of something and not the gift, or vice versa. Um, another thing um, I get asked all the time is, can my gifts change? You know, maybe you took the, the test a long time ago as a high schooler or a college student or in your early adulthood, and now later in life you've taken it again and your, your scores are different or um, you scored high in something that you had never scored in before. And I think, yes, I think our gifts can totally change. As we mature, as our walk with God matures, as we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about the ways that God has wired us, we're going to score higher in different gifts than we did before. If you're in a situation right now that requires a lot of mercy, you're probably going to score really high in that area right now because that is something that you're practicing and, and using currently. Um, another thing I want to say is that this test isn't perfect. The Bible is perfect, and the Bible is infallible, but this test is not. This test was written by humans, and we as humans are taking this test, so we're bringing our own personal bias as we answer these questions. Um, maybe you want to have this gift, so you score it a little higher, or you think you have this gift, so you score it a little higher, or maybe you don't want the gift of leadership, so you score it really low. Or maybe you just don't understand what the word intercession really means or what prophecy really could be, and so you might score it a little low. So we're humans, and, and this is just a tool to help us discover how God has gifted us. It is no, in no way perfect at all. One of the things I really want you to hear today is that spiritual gifts are never for our own personal benefit. God doesn't give us, the Holy Spirit doesn't give us these gifts so that we can be better people 
or that we can be better Christians. He gives us these gifts for the benefit of the body of Christ. It's always for the benefit of others. Whether that's in a real organized volunteer role or whether you're just ministering to people that God has placed in your life. But it's never for our own personal benefit or our own personal gain. Um, A lot of you have probably taken other tests, the personality test, maybe a Myers-Briggs or something like that. Um, There's the Enneagram, Strength Finders even. And the spiritual gifts test is very different from all of those. All of those tests focus on your strengths and your weaknesses. And one of the first things that happens when I meet with people about their gifts is they cover the bottom of the list because they're really embarrassed at the ways that they've scored really low. And I just want to tell you today that this, that is not what this test is designed to do. This test is not designed to pick out the ways that God has not gifted you. This test is designed to empower you and encourage you that God has given you gifts. And those are the things that we want to focus on today. So we're going to do a little bit of table talk, and as we talk to each other, I really want us to focus on speaking about our gifts with confidence, and sometimes that can sound a little weird, because it might feel weird to say, my gift is the gift of wisdom. might sound like bragging, or you might sound like you're boasting, and so we're just going to declare this place a safe place, and our tables are safe places to talk, and so we're going to speak with confidence about our gifts and not think that anybody else is trying to brag or anything. We're going to celebrate with each other the ways that God has gifted us. So we have this little prompt for you today as you're talking. I really would love for you to share with your table what your spiritual gift is and how you've seen God use you in that way. So we're going to give you some time to talk with your friends, and then we'll have some worship time. Oh, yeah, and... um, Since the gathering is a safe place, we really want you to feel free to pass. If you haven't taken the test or you're just not quite comfortable sharing, just feel free to pass, and we'll just go on to the next person at your table. I hope that God is starting to speak to you about your gifts and that you're starting to learn and discover what those are. There's many ways that we can... um, things that we can do to discover our gifts. Taking that test is only one step, but having these conversations with the people around us and encouraging each other and affirming each other when you do see their gifts being played out, um, just speaking to your friends and saying, yes, this is your gift. I've seen this in your life. It's touched me in my life through this way. That can be a huge boost to our confidence in learning to really take hold of those gifts and claim them. So it really can be a process. Um, we were talking about our table about how they do change through season of life. Season of life plays a huge part of this. Um, so they can change and they can morph. And that just means that we have to really keep studying and keep being introspective and asking the Lord to show us what's, what are the gifts you want me to use right now in this season of life. Um, as we move forward today, I have a couple people who are going to come and join me and share with you about some of their gifts and how they've seen God use them. Karen and Deanna's coming. All right, we'll start with Deanna. She's going to share with us um, your top couple of gifts how you've seen God use you in that way, and and how does it make you feel when you're in that sweet spot where your passion and your gifts all mesh together and you know that you are serving God in a way that he's called you to? What does that do for you? What does that feel like? Well, my top gift is faith, which sometimes can look different. And recently, um, I've God's kind of opened my eyes to how my kids have been going through some tough times, and I've been able to use that gift and understanding to help them kind of see a different side of their hard situation. Um, But the one I am most active in is helps, which is my second. And um, I am someone who loves kids, has worked with kids for many years. And um, definitely my family has seen that that's a skill for me, but it's also definitely a divine thing that just doesn't make sense all the time. But I absolutely love children and love working with them. And I will leave a time of childcare, feeling totally just full of joy and refreshed, and not necessarily tired, but just having really soaked in that time. But for as much as I love it, and that's been a great season, God kind of said, take a, take a rest from that for a while. And 
So I stepped into a role as um, the hospitality person for the gathering team. And while hospitality is not real high in my list of gifts, um, it's something I can help with. I can serve you guys and um, make one-on-one -on -one connections that really do fill me up. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, a different season that looks different, but I enjoy what God's doing with it. And Karen? Hi. <laughs> so my top two gifts were teaching, and uh, I kind of think teachers tend to talk like more than you want to hear, so I'll try not to <laughs> exercise that one too much today. <laughs> but uh, the other one is hospitality. And I just want to talk a little bit about how I've seen that develop in my life, negative and positive. Um, I've had a lot of really strange experiences going into new churches or trying to find a church. Um, I came to a place in my life where I kind of felt like church was a closed club that I didn't know the secret password to get in. Um, you know, you go in, people know each other, they don't know you, so they don't bother to talk to you. And um, how that made me feel, it was just a very, very hard time. And um, the other side of that was my husband and I spent about 17 years as overseas missionaries. And it seems kind of backwards because I was a guest in their country. And so it's like, you know, if you're hospitable, you like welcome people into your space. And you know, they wanted to do that, but with cultural differences, they don't necessarily know how. And so I realized that I was able to make them feel comfortable making me feel comfortable. And that hospitality is how you welcome others in. And so what I've seen is that I have just such a passion. Because of the church experiences that I've had, it breaks my heart to think that somebody would come in and not feel like they've made a connection or not feel welcome. And so my passion is to be welcoming and to draw people in. And so I get to see God do that. And, you know, I think that you, your question was, how does it make you feel? Yeah. And I thought, you know, yeah. You know, sometimes if I'm like at my home, I'm like, I don't want to put my clothes on and get dressed and drive into church and I don't want to do it. I'm too tired. But when I get there and I get to see people and I get to welcome them, it feels so good. It's like it's not a strain. It's just a pleasure. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to do that. Okay. I'm Linda Knospe. And um, I really liked what you said about how your gifts change over time because I was kind of thinking back, the one that stood out as a child was mercy. Um, that was always there. God has developed it. But I remember even in grade school, um, him kind of nudging me to reach out to people um, who were lonely or didn't have a friend. But um, the rest of them that have come in, I really see a foundation that was a part of that was... Um, healing that God did in my life and uh, in broken places and as I've grown in the Lord and that they just have developed and blossomed and um, have become just as strong as the mercy gift. And so hospitality, I love to, we've always loved having um, spontaneously, we'll have people spend the night who need a place to stay and it never feels like anyone's putting us out, and I never really thought about that until I was like, oh, yeah, but it's, it's fun and it's energizing for us um, to have people over and welcome people. And, but the two that kind of go together, well, and maybe even three, I, sorry, I, it's hard for me to sort through, but I kind of see them all intertwined, is faith and intercessory prayer are, to me, really together. Um, is God just really has given me overwhelming confidence in him and a drive when I hear needs to pray for them and feel confident he, he is sovereign and he will meet them in every way they need met in that. And so that's something that's really grown. And I just feel like it's totally a gift. All of them obviously are gifts. And then um, shepherding, I, even though I, I'm going on, but I... I mean, my heart's group is such a great, I just, it fills me up. I just absolutely love watching what's happening in this group and the growth in Christ and encouraging them. And so 
that's an area I would have never dreamed would be um, an area that would fill me up and make me so happy, but I absolutely love it. Awesome. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Can you thank them for sharing? So I think you're starting to hear a theme about it takes time, it takes practice, trying something, realizing that was not my gift, trying something else. Um, it takes people calling that out in you. Jennifer shared how Barb, you know, called that teaching gift out in her. This is a teacher. You are a teacher. You have this gift. Someone did the same for me in one of my gifts. They called out my gift of leadership at an early young adult age. Um, so it takes multiple things to really understand your gifts and who God's designed you to be. I'll share a little bit about myself and my gifts. My top three are administration, leadership, and faith. And administration and leadership really go hand in hand for me. Um, the two go together. I use both of those gifts every day in my job here at St. Alliance. Um, I, my administration gifts, I see it, I am organized and I do like details. But I see it more um, in that when I see the vision or the goal ahead, I can break it down into steps, the manageable steps and the things we need to do to get there. And sometimes somebody else is giving me the vision and I'm just helping them break it down into steps to get there or sometimes I'm giving the vision. Either way, that's kind of how I see my administration gift played out right now in my current role. Um, and leadership goes hand in hand with that because I can bring people along with me to get to that goal. Um, I know who I need to put in what place to do this step and that step to get there. Another good example of those two gifts in my life was um, after high school, I spent a year at a Bible school in Sweden. And during that time, I did multiple mission trips um, all over Europe and came home with just this huge passion for missions. And so I went back to my local church and met with my lead pastor and was sharing him my heart and this calling that God had given me to start a new missions program in our small local church. It was a church about 350 people. And they had a small little missions committee, um, maybe four or five people that wrote checks to missionaries every month. And they didn't know those people and they didn't know where they were or what they did. But that's about the extent of their missions involvement. So I share with the pastor my dream and passion and this calling God had given me to start a missions program. And he just really rallied behind me. He believed in me. He was one of the people that called out this gift of leadership and said, go with it, and gave me free reign. And so we started a missions program. We sent high schoolers to Mexico and overseas, and we were sending so many high schoolers that the adults got jealous, and so the adults wanted to go on a trip. So then we started doing adult trips, and, and over a couple years, the church had just rallied behind this, and they were so involved and so invested that they decided as a whole church to adopt the people group of Bosnia, a Muslim people group, and to adopt them for forever. So they are sending short-term workers, they're sending long-term workers, they're sending money, they're sending resources, they're sending pastors to train national pastors. And it was, as I look back, it was just this amazing collision of my passion and my gifts and God's perfect timing that this pastor had, this, had the passion as well and the timing that he was ready for it, the church was ready for it. Um, so it's just really cool to look back and see that God was in play at all of that. None of that was on my own strength. None of that was because of me. It was all because God had orchestrated all of those things at the same time. My other gift is faith. And that gift is a little harder to talk about because it's very personal. Um, faith looks a little different. And maybe if you had faith as one of your high gifts, maybe you had a hard time giving like concrete examples of how God has used that in your life. For me, um, I have been weathering a very dark three years, and I'll get emotional talking about it. Um, next week, my family will celebrate the three-year anniversary of my son being diagnosed with leukemia. And I can say that we're celebrating because he's happy and healthy and doing great and almost finished with all of his treatment, but it's been a really long three years. It's been a really dark three years. Um, 
multiple health problems have arisen in the, in the midst of that. My husband's had some health problems. My younger son has had health problems. I myself have had health problems. Um, so it's been a really hard season of life. Um, but I've seen my gift of faith that I've always had throughout my life, but I've seen it come into play now in these last three years. Before this season, I don't know that I could have given you real concrete examples of how God is living and active in my daily life, and now I have stories for days <laughs> to tell you about how God is living and active in my life. Um, one of the things that Barb shared with us last month was the word for gifts is charismata, and the root of that word is the word for joy, kara. And when we are living out in our gifts and our passions and our gifts are mixing together and we're serving the Lord in the ways that he's called us, it brings a deep sense of joy to us. Something that's undescribable, like Linda was sharing. It, it's hard to explain how deep that joy is when you know that you're serving in that way. Now, I do not find joy in the midst of my struggles. <laughs> they are hard and they're painful and they're dark times. So the struggles themselves do not bring me joy at all. <laughs> but what does bring me joy is the opportunities that I've had to see God at work in my life and in the lives of people around me. Remember what I said earlier that our spiritual gifts are never for our own benefit. They're always for the benefit of the body of Christ and growing the kingdom of God. So I've, I've been able to see God at work in crazy ways through this period. Um, there's a section of my family that has some broken relationships, and um, there was a period where we were in the hospital waiting room, and all of my family was there with us, and people who normally are fighting and not getting along were all there and hugging us and praying for us, and I thought, this would never happen. <laughs> this could never have happened before this moment. Or um, a family member who is a non-believer, um, continually telling me that she's praying for me. And, and that's kind of an open door for me, so I'll send her prayer requests. <laughs> You're praying for me, so here's a new one. You know, I mean, that's an open door that I never had before with her. Um, sorry. My gift of faith, every, all of us as believers have faith, and we need that as believers. But my gift of faith is not for myself. My gift of faith is for others. And one of the things that I love the most in this season of life is having the opportunities to talk with other people who are going through similar circumstances or similar struggles. Um, just a couple weeks ago, a friend called me, said that she was having a miscarriage. And we were able to just cry together. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to have any wise words of wisdom, which I don't have. We just cried together. Um, but knowing that we had that shared experience and we have that shared faith brought me an incredible joy that I can't describe. And those are the moments where I feel like God is really using my experience in a way that's really unique. So my gift of administration and leadership are kind of concrete and and we have a framework for that outside of spiritual gifts. We know what that looks like, administration and leadership. And so we can think of ideas or volunteer roles that might fit into that in places we can serve where other things might be a little more confusing. The gift of faith. Where do you serve with the gift of faith? Sometimes God's calling us to things that are not a concrete role. And maybe he's just put people in your life or situations in your life that he's going to use that gift for. I don't know what God's calling you to today or last month or through this process as you're trying to discover what your gifts are. Maybe God's calling you to develop a gift that you didn't know that you had. Maybe as you were talking, one of your friends said, your top gift is mercy and you had no idea what it was. Maybe God's calling you to use a gift that you've been avoiding Maybe you're afraid to say, yes, I have the gift of leadership, because you might actually have to lead something. <laughs> Maybe God's calling you to step out with confidence and to claim that gift and to look for opportunities to use it. 
Maybe God's calling you to get off the sidelines and to serve others in this gift. Our gifts are not for our own personal benefit. They are always for the benefit of the body of Christ. Maybe God wants to confirm in you that your ministry isn't an organized volunteer role and that he's put situations and people in your life that he wants you to minister to. Maybe, maybe you're reaching out to your neighbor with your gift of evangelism. Maybe you're shepherding a family member through a really hard season of life and you're building that long-term relationship that you can walk side by side with them and bring them closer and closer to Jesus. Maybe you're praying for someone and you've been praying with the gift of intercession for them for years that they would come to know Christ. There's so many ideas. <laughs> There's so many possibilities. And as you've heard people share, we're all kind of different. And this gift goes with this gift, and they look different in this person and that person. So there's so many opportunities. I don't know what God's calling you to today, but I want to give you some ideas and give you some prompts so that as you go home and keep processing with your friends and family, maybe something will stick out. Maybe something will hit your heart and say, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I've been waiting for. Um, on our website, there's a great tool um, under Serve and In the Church and it's a searchable database with all of the volunteer opportunities. And you can search for it with your spiritual gift. So you can type in the gift of intercession, and it'll show you all of the ways that you can serve in that area. Or you can search by your availability. Maybe you have Mondays off and you want to serve on Mondays. You can type in Monday, and it'll show you everything that's possible. So that's a really great tool for you to go home and use as you're trying to discover where God wants you to serve um, we also have that sheet on your table, this one that says serve opportunities. This one is a list of urgent needs from all the departments in the church. Um, there's several different things on here. There's um, several opportunities for mentoring and shepherding um, some of our youth. Um, BLC Kids Program, I'd love to tell you about that. That's our um, Broadway Life Center. It's a, one of our outreach programs. And while the parents are coming and learning English, their kids are here in the main building doing their own program. And this year, for the first time, they're using a Bible-based Sunday school curriculum. So these kids who came with their parents to learn English are singing worship songs for like the first time in their life and they're hearing Bible stories for the first time in their life. So if you have the gift of evangelism, this would be an amazing place for you to be a part of. Um, our community impact ministries are expanding our partnership with Grant School, which is just down the street, and they are looking for people to be mentors. Um, it's a flexible time commitment. Um, you can do it as much as you want to, um, but it is during the school hours. Um, the Welcome Center is opening this weekend here at Salem Lions. Um, it's a new place that we will be greeting um, guests and visitors, helping them find a place, helping them check in their children all in one location so they can make sense of our crazy campus that has classrooms all over the place. If you have the gift of hospitality and you love making people feel welcome, this would be a perfect place for you. Um, the next one is Curriculum Team Anchor. This um, Anchor is our Wednesday night children's program. So while adults are here on campus to do adult Bible studies, there's also a children's program at the same time. And their dream is to take the adult curriculum. So right now we're going through Proverbs. And their dream is to make a similar curriculum that matches the adult curriculum. So the kids would be studying the same thing that the parents would be. So if you have the gift of wisdom or teaching, this would be a great place for you, super flexible time, commitment. You could do it from home, helping make the adult curriculum fit for a kid's program. We have several things going on right now at Salem Alliance for our refugee ministries. Um, they're looking for more people to lead a team who would adopt a family that's coming. So maybe you, it takes a team. You can't do it by yourself. It takes a lot of people. It's a big commitment. But maybe you're the one that wants to spur that on and talk with your community group or your hearts group about what would it look like if we all pitched in together and adopted a mom with a baby or a, a family, a small family um, who's come as a refugee.
they would love to have your information if you're interested in that. The other one is the Sparrow Furniture Ministry. This is a new social business that's coming. Um, they're going to be employing refugees. Um, that's one of the hardest things about being a refugee is finding employment. And so if you, right now they're in the fundraising phase. And so right now they're looking for people who have um, social media experience, who love being on social media, who want to communicate through that way, or maybe who have photography or video skills to help them get the word out and start raising this money so that they can get all their startup costs to get this going. And the last one here on this page is called Recess. This is a night out for parents with special needs kids. This is a new event for us, and our special needs ministry has just multiplied over the last two years. Word's getting out in, this, in the community and across Salem that we are one of the only churches that offer this service for people and families to come to church and come together so they don't have to split up in order to take care of their special needs children. So this is a night out for those families and all of their siblings. So the parents actually get to go on a date night and have people take care of their kids, which is really rare for them. So if you have the gift of mercy or service, that would be a great place for you to plug in. These are Salem Alliance Ministries, but there's so many things all over town that are awesome that would be great to get involved in. Um, Hope Station, Young Lives, I'm sure Heidi would love to talk with you if you're interested. Um, it doesn't matter what it is, but try and find something that matches your passions and your gifts. And sometimes God calls us to something we didn't expect. He does have a plan for us, and he has uniquely gifted us with the plan that he wants to use us to grow his kingdom. There's several opportunities. I've given you so much information. Um, Jennifer and Lori are going to come up and pray for the women, pray for you guys. Um, Afterwards, um, I just want to say I will be here if you have more questions. If you do want to meet up for a coaching appointment or a one-on-one, -on -one, there is clipboards over here where you can sign up for that as well if you have more questions or more, need more information. Thank you, Laurel. I want to give a couple closing thoughts to the day. A couple of them are ways that I have experienced in my own life how to know when God is calling me into something and calling me out of something. And as Laurel has mentioned, season of life plays into so much of when do we lean in and when do we lean out? When are we, when is our ministry, our life sphere of influence? And that's what we do. And that is a ministry. And there's nothing else I need to volunteer for. There's nothing else I need to plug into because the, the people that I do life with on a daily basis are the place that I am utilizing my gifts. One of my favorite things about the gift God has given me is that I get to ask God, what's your heart for people? And then do the best that he gives me to communicate that heart to others. Well, there are days, good days, uh, not every day, that I remember when I wake up in the morning to say, God, what's your heart for my children? This gift isn't just applicable in a teaching setting. This gift is applicable for anybody I come across paths with on a daily basis. And so I can say, what's your heart for my children? And then I can be mindful that day of creative ways to communicate that to my children. That's the gift of prophecy. It's not actually the gift of teaching, and I'm not teaching on the gifts. The gift of teaching is very much um, more the passing on of information. And the gift of prophecy as it works in me is not a, thus saith the Lord, God told me to tell you this. It's a... God just puts a sense of knowing in me on what somebody might need or a word of encouragement that would be valuable or a teaching that would be good to give to a group or to an individual. And when I apply that in my sphere of influence, eternal fruit happens in ways that never could have happened if I was just like relying on my own strength and my own intelligence, which is fine, but really not comparable to God's and the way that he wires us. So some ways that I have learned when to step in and when to step out. One of them I call the faucet. And it's this picture of when the faucet is on, the water is flowing. And for me, when passions are high and ideas are flowing and I'm waking up in the middle of the night with a pad of paper beside my bed going, okay, women at Salem Alliance need da 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 and we can try da 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 And when I'm having conversations with people, there's this energy that rises up because the faucet is on. And there are times in my life when the faucet has turned off. 
There are no ideas. There is no energy behind it. There is no passion. And at first, when this happened, I felt guilty. Oh, no, what's wrong with me? I'm not thinking up good ideas anymore. And I learned to pay attention to the fact that God is actually the one who turns the faucet on and the faucet off. And so when the faucet is turned off, I have to step back and examine, okay, God, what are you leading me to right now? And there have been times in the past that I have stepped out of volunteer ministry roles because the faucet was off and I just recognized he was moving me onto something different. And the way he did that was by just turning off the flow of the passion and the ideas and the energy that I had... And I know the difference because when the faucet is on, you know the faucet is on. And so when the faucet turns off, you recognize the absence. So that's one, one thing in my toolbox of knowing if God is calling me to something further or not. The other thing to pay attention to is what bugs you. Some people will call this our holy discontent. So if you have the gift of mercy and you see somebody who is hurting and there is nobody in their small group stepping up to care for them, there is indignation that rises up in you. Somebody should be caring for that person. Somebody should be bringing them a meal, and you often step in and do it. <laughs> or maybe you have the gift of intercession, and, and you're with a group of people, and somebody shares something they're really struggling with, and nobody in the group says, let's pray for them. And you're like, Prayer is the way to the throne of God. Prayer is the only real thing that will change anything here. Prayer is the only way to transformation. And there's nobody in this group of Christian women who will say, we need to pray for the thing that you just shared. There's this indignation that rises up in you and it bugs you. It bugs you that nobody looks to prayer. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality and you are wired to notice what makes people feel welcome. I was sharing with my group, I don't have the gift... <laughs> I know how to make people feel welcome. I don't know how to make things pretty. I don't have the gift of setting up an ambiance to make a welcoming atmosphere. And in the first year of the gathering, if you came, you walked into a blank stage with a podium and a microphone and tables with no tablecloths and no decorations because I'm like, hey, if you got teaching, you got everything you need, right? So I'm wired good words from God and we're good to go, ladies. I'm so grateful for a team who makes a welcoming environment here. And if you walked in and you were wired for a welcoming environment, you're like, oh, dear Lord, Jesus help Jennifer Ross. She does not know what she's doing. <laughs> Pay attention to the things that bug you. Because the things that bug you often are rising up out of the thing that God has wired you to do. And remember what I said in the beginning about I'm only in my own brain? And so if I assume that everybody thinks like me, let's just say I have the gift of warm ambiance decorations. And I assume that everybody else thinks the same way. If I walk into a room that's not welcoming, I can have a critical spirit and think they didn't care enough about me and the women who were coming to make this a warm and welcoming place. And it can turn to a judgmental spirit. And friends, that happened to me for years. Part of the way that I'm wired, part of the giftedness. So my top gifts are prophecy, as I mentioned, leadership and knowledge, which I'm not going to go into in depth. But with that mix, one of the things that I'm wired to do is to programmatically bring a large group session together where there's good teaching, good worship, and things that really connect personally to women. This is what I do. It's why I have the job I have. But before I had the job I had and there was no outlet for that, I would come to events at certain places and sit in the back and just chip away in my head at what was going on. What were they thinking making that person the MC? Boy, they sure could have made that transition smoother. You know, the speaker could have made that point more clear if she would have done X, Y, and Z. And I had a critical spirit rising up in me because I didn't have an outlet for the way I was wired. See, our giftedness gives us insight to a particular area of life. And if we think that that insight is given to us so that we can criticize others, we have completely missed the point. And so we need to pay attention to the things that bug us. And instead of allowing that to go to a judgmental spirit or a critical spirit, we need to say, okay, God, I'm paying attention. Where are you calling me to be part of the solution? Where are you calling me to organize other people who have mercy gifts so that people get taken care of? Where are you calling me to train others in how to pray? Because if they don't have the gift of prayer, I have something to offer by sharing my passion in such a way that a passion rises up in them that they know that prayer is the way to the throne of God. It is the only thing that can impact. Friends, 
I was talking with somebody recently about the um, cultural atmosphere in our nation right now. And she said, Jennifer, it's a Jesus-sized problem. We can talk about it all we want. We can argue about it all we want. We can blog, post. We can do everything we want. But this is a Jesus-sized problem. And until we get on our knees and talk to Jesus about what our role is on a day-to-day basis, we are just blowing hot air. And people with the gift of intercession are like, preach it. Why has nobody said that yet? Don't allow your holy discontent that God gave you so that you can be a part of the solution that the kingdom of God needs to turn into criticism and judgment of others. Let that holy discontent rise up and be one of the tools that you use for recognizing God's calling in your life. So when a woman steps into my office with an area of discontent and wants to talk with me about why that's not happening in women's ministry, you might find that one of my first questions is, what would you like to do about it? What would you, and honestly, because I see the giftedness in you. I see that God is the one who has put this hot button in you and he has something he wants you to do. And you're sitting around going, well, somebody should do something about it. Well, what about you? What about you? Okay. The faucet and the holy discontent. Pay attention. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit of the living God because the world needs you. The world needs the whole body of Christ. Jesus is the head. Friends, if you are a hand and you are not functioning as a hand in the body of Christ, then the body of Christ is missing a hand. And it cannot be as effective. The world needs you. Frederick Buechner said this, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. There is something that God put in you that makes you so glad when you get to engage in it. And the world has a deep hunger that needs to meet it. And some of you feel selfish using your gifts because you say, but that's what I like to do. Shouldn't serving God be a sacrifice? Yes, there are times that serving God takes sacrifice. But there are other times that in the crazy way that God does, he calls us to do the very thing that brings us the most gladness. And that place is the place where the need is the greatest. And he causes us to intersect with the world and what they need in a way that we love doing it and his kingdom is advanced. Pay attention. Notice. Listen. Don't rush out because you have to do something. Friends, this isn't about doing. This is about being who God created us to be and recognizing when he's calling us to action in such a way that we can be a part of blessing the world, part of God's healing, part of furthering the kingdom, part of people seeing the love of Jesus through his people on earth. Not just doing the right things and staying away from doing the wrong things, but actually being the hands and feet of Jesus through the giftedness that he's given us. I'm going to invite Lori to come up. She and I are going to pray a blessing over you, pray for you as in this journey of your gifts. This is Lori. Lori is one of the volunteers on the women's ministry team, if you didn't know. She leads the Hearts at Home ministry that happens every other Thursday morning, except for gathering Thursday morning. So, I read this this morning. It says it's from Ephesians 3. So Paul writes and he says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources, he will empower you with your inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow deep down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then he goes on to give all glory to God. So let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for trusting us so much that you would give us gifts to serve you and to serve each other. Help us to grow deep, deep, deep in our relationship with you so that we can recognize your voice when you call us, when you lead us, when you direct us. Nourish and grow the gifts that you've given us. Um, Help us to remember our season in life and that even the small things that we do um, have great value and importance in the kingdom. 
Help us to um, have the courage to say yes when you call us and the courage to say no when it's not the right time for us to do what um, needs to be done. Lord, you promise when you call us, you will equip us, and we know that to be true. So I pray for each woman here, myself included, that as you call us to different areas in our life, whether it be raising our babies or writing letters or whatever it is um, that you call us to do, that we would have great joy in serving you from our giftedness. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for making us the way you did. Um, you don't make mistakes, and each one of us has a special, unique gift. And as Laurel said, we're all different, and that's a good thing. So, Lord, we just um, thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? Father God, I pray that as women explore their gifts, you would silence the lies of the enemy of our soul that would say, you don't have a gift, yours isn't a big deal, yours isn't as important as Jennifer's, yours isn't whatever it is. Would you silence the enemy and would you speak your truth? Would you shine the light of your love in each woman's heart to show her where her deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger? And from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. May this be your reality in your sphere of influence. Amen. And we are dismissed. <laughs>